welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23rd, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover 2 Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. Thank you for listening. It's estimated that 175 people die each day in America from opioid overdoses. Naloxone can save lives if it's there when needed, but the window of time is just so small. Brain damage is likely if help doesn't arrive within four to six minutes of an overdose, and most victims don't survive more than 10 minutes. A recent review of EMS records from 485 agencies across the United States showed the average response time of seven minutes in urban settings and 14 minutes in rural settings. Hi, this is Greg McNeil from Cover 2 Resources. On today's show, we'll talk about combining three programs together to make naloxone more readily available as a community initiative to help those who have overdosed. Now, most of our listeners are probably aware of the first program I want to mention, and that's Project Dawn. We introduced Project Dawn to our listeners in Episode 10. The program launched in 2013, and it provides naloxone training and Project Dawn kits with instructions and naloxone to the users. To date, over 7,000 kits have been given out, and Project Dawn has, is credited with saving over 1,000 lives. Project Dawn trainings take about 30 minutes, and they're conducted free of charge. Sudden cardiac arrest victims feel fine one minute, and then the next, they're gone. Cardiac defibrillators make it possible to change that outcome. These devices are effective, they're simple to operate, and now they're readily available in many public places. With so many people overdosing in public places today, why not do the same thing with naloxone, the life-saving opioid overdose reversal drug? Our guest in episode 112 did just that. Dr. Jeffrey Capraro, an assistant professor of emergency medicine at Brown University, developed what he named the Nalox box. It was inspired by the proliferation of defibrillators to save those that are suffering from heart attacks. And the kit contains naloxone and tools like breathing masks, along with instructions to save a life. By placing these devices in public places, people who wouldn't otherwise make it get a second chance at recovery. It makes it possible for bystanders also to become rescuers. It's just become available, in fact, on uh, the naloxbox.org website. So, in today's episode, we'll introduce a free app that can link each of these programs together and allow anyone in need to find the naloxone that's nearest them. This new app is called Naloxofind, and it'll enable anyone to locate all registered naloxone carriers and naloxbox locations within a two-mile radius of their location. The app is free, and it's available via iTunes and Google Play. The name of the app, once again, Naloxofind. I'm excited to introduce 
Matt Shaker, who is the founder and president of Altrix Medical, and Dan Fleck, who is the chief technology officer of the company and chief developer of this technology. So, gentlemen, welcome. Hi, Greg. Thanks, Thanks Greg. to be with you today. Okay. Well, it's really great to have you. I was so excited to uh, to hear about your technology. I just learned about it when I was preparing to do a little bit of work, and I was doing a follow-up interview, actually, on the Loxbox. And uh, lo and behold, here we are today. So uh, this is great. So start us off. How did you come up with this idea to develop this app? Well, so I have a daughter with a severe peanut allergy. And a couple of years ago, I was at McDonald's, uh, eating, watching her eat her Happy Meal, and I realized, uh, as 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 I do from time to time, that I had forgotten her Happy Pens, and I yanked her out of her seat, and we went home and grabbed the Happy Pens. And as I'm as I'm driving home, I'm thinking to myself, if only I would have been aware who else had an Happy Pen in the McDonald's. I, I would have been okay. So that morphed into the idea of an app called EpiFind. And this day, I, I called up my partner, Dan, and we decided to build the app, which we put out free of charge. And that went out, and that was successful, not rolled out. <clears throat> and a couple weeks after we deployed it, I was chatting with a, a collaborator up in New Hampshire, who's also an emergency room physician. And he said, you know, Matt, uh, this EpiFind thing, it's, uh, it's interesting. Have you thought about doing it for naloxone? I said, no, no, I, I haven't. And we chatted about it, and I chatted about it with, with Dan, and I kind of stuck it in both our heads for a few months. And after continuing to watch the news and seeing the number of, uh, overdoses, we decided that it was it was the right thing to do. So we went ahead and developed that. And we deployed it uh, not long before the Surgeon General came out with his advisory last year, telling everybody to carry naloxone. So that kind of dovetailed into that. We put it out there and continue to maintain it and hope that people will use it and we can save some lives. What we're talking about is a free app that's available out there that people simply download and then they register. If they're carrying naloxone, they register as being a carrying member. So take it from there. Yeah, so sure. fundamentally, it's a crowdsourced app. So what we're doing is we're asking folks who carry naloxone, whether they're first responders or uh, people who have a family member who uh, may be dealing with opioid use disorder, whoever's carrying naloxone, we ask them to register on the app. and. If, uh, if folks don't carry naloxone, we ask them to still download the app. When somebody is in distress, there is a, there's a big help button on the app. And you push help, and anybody in your proximity who is a carrier gets an alert. And upon accepting, accepting that alert, it shares GPS coordinates and phone numbers. And then there's in-app texting as well. Uh, certainly, I should say, it comes up on the interface, and we always want to be very clear to people that this is not a substitute for emergency services. We tell people to call 911 when there's an opioid overdose. The point of naloxone 
uh, is to bridge the amount of time it takes to get emergency services there. As your listeners may be aware, and Greg, I know you're aware, naloxone is a short-acting drug. It blocks opioids for a short amount of time. But the idea is to get it on board however possible so we can bridge the gap between the time it takes EMS to get there and the time the person goes into overdose. How many downloads at this point? Been out there since May, right? Last May? Yeah, last May. Uh, Dan, I think we're hovering around 200. Is it more than that? Yeah, I was going to say a, a, a few hundred, right? It's, it's, it's uh, not quite prevalent yet, but it's a few hundred out there. Okay. I guess from a, from a practical perspective, you have a community that downloads these, a bunch of members of the community download it. The, the question is, you've got a bunch of carriers out there that would be carrying it and registered. What about those that overdose? How does, how, what about the plan for communication for others in the community throughout the community to let them know that, hey, there's this app out there? That is a great question. And that's actually what we've been working on uh, for, for quite a while now since the app has been out there. Uh, we're actually reaching out to uh, community training, naloxone training groups, and we're reaching out to different uh, researchers and other people in the community and trying to help get the idea out there and get this information out there so that uh, people in, in the community who are around opioid use disorder or just are, are aware of this can, can be more aware of the app. And really, uh, it's podcasts uh, like yours, Greg, that we're also targeting just to try to help get the word out because, uh, you know, the, the more people that have it, the more people it'll be useful for. So that's really where, where we're trying to target our efforts right now. So let's talk about your uh, target audience for uh, all of the people that would be, I'll call them pseudo first responders. When you begin to think about this, there's no reason why an entire community can't be first responders. That's right. So anyone carrying naloxone has, has the ability in their pocket to save a life. And the irony is you could be next door to somebody who needs help and you would have no idea. So, all our app fundamentally does is facilitate that, that communication. That person could be a first responder. It could be an off-duty police officer. It could be an off-duty paramedic. It could be uh, any citizen carrying naloxone. What we've, what we've been pushing for here, Dan and I live in Virginia and Maryland. What we've been pushing for in this region is to advertise naloxone find during naloxone training. Here in Virginia, we have uh, training sponsored by the state called Revive. So we've been working with, with counties here to hand out flyers, actually barcoded flyers, uh, that allow you to scan the barcode uh, to trigger the app to download on your phone. So we talk about Naloxone during this training, make sure people have it on their phone, and what you end up with is a force multiplier. So I can give one dose of Narcan, one person, and have coverage in a house, or I can give one dose of Narcan to a person and have coverage over hundreds of yards or half a mile. So uh, difference and force multiplier, or at least that's the, the hope and the, and the vision we have. So let's take a scenario here, uh, which has come up over and over again over the course of the last two years. Uh, as fentanyl has gotten out there into uh, the community in a big way. Oftentimes it takes um, multiple doses, in fact, sometimes more than six doses, uh, to bring someone back. 
So is there a way to kind of uh, account for that in the system or have you, have you kind of thought about that? In other words, being able to amp up the response so that uh, we know, okay, we're going to need more people responding to this. Our vision really is that we, we have a community of people responding to these, these alerts um, as, they, as, as fast as they can. So when, when someone says, I need help, um, and they, they go to the app and they hit the I need help button, that alert actually goes out to all, all the people within that radius um, at the same time. So multiple people can come in and say they're going to help. And we really encourage everyone to come, come in and help because, you know, depending on how far you really are and who's there, you know, one person might get there faster than another. But as you said, Greg, there is also the case that, you know, you may only be carrying two doses and someone else may have two. And so now you've got four and, you know, more people can show up. So the idea is the more people in the community that are there, then everyone can respond um, and we can really get everyone the help they need uh, until the emergency services have time to get there. So the idea is uh, because this is, a, you know, a cloud-based network app, it's, uh, it's, it's easy for us from a technical standpoint to sort of alert everybody nearby at the same time and Hopefully, as many people as, as possible will, will show up and help together. And what's particularly interesting about the app is if you have, if you have two, three, four people who have, a, who, who have clicked accept and who have said that they would, would like to help, they're all connected through the app. The app, the app now allows, uh, allows them to text back and forth in a group chat. So there's a level of coordination even before they arrive at the scene. Oh, right there in the app. So they've they've accepted this uh, this response, and now they're connected with the five or ten or whatever number of people have also accepted that. That's right. Wow, that's pretty powerful. So walk us through a typical scenario. Well, one can envision uh, uh, coming across someone who uh, uh, perhaps on any given city block, someone who has lost color in their face or who's in, who's in, um, who's in death rattles, uh, someone who, who perhaps knows what that looks like, but doesn't know what to do. So the first thing they're going to do is they're going to call 911. And that person may also realize that, um, we've got, you know, we've come upon this person. We've got less, less than six minutes until until brain damage sets in and shortly thereafter death. So we don't have a lot of time. We've 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 come upon this person. We don't know how long they've been in this state. We need to get them help. So we have ambulances on the way. Now I'm going to open up my app. I'm gonna click I'm gonna click the I need help button. Uh, if the app is prolific enough, which is our vision, there, there will be somebody who may, who may not be in direct line of sight of this person, but somebody close who's, who is not known to the would-be first responder who came, up, who came upon the overdose victim, but who nevertheless is now connected. Uh, what would likely happen is they could certainly use in-app texting, but what would likely happen is the person will accept their GPS coordinates will be exchanged. They'll, 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 they'll see they're very close and they'll probably just, just call each other. Uh, if phone numbers are exchanged also, uh, upon acceptance. So 
there'll be a phone call. I see your, your next door, you're three blocks away. Narcan gets there and the person has that bridge we talked about where where uh, probability of survival, better outcome uh, until first responders get there and we transport the person to the emergency room and a life is saved. So that person that happened to be nearby, did they get an auditory signal? Did they hear a beep or how, how did that work? They get, it's, yeah. they get a text message. And so depending on their phone settings, right, if they have their phone mm-hmm. settings to you know, beep when they get a text, they'll get a text mm-hmm. message. If they happen to be in the app, they would get an audible alert as well, always. Mm-hmm. But the, the, most people would probably not be you know, actively using the app, but they would get a text message uh, immediately upon someone requesting help. Okay. And then from that text so message, my- they would click it and show. And then when they, when they click the text message, it'll pop up the app and show where the person is and, and what proximity they are to that person who needs help. Um, and basically, they can then accept or decline if maybe they, they can't go at this point or there's some other reason that, they, that they're not able to help. Um, so they accept. And once they accept, um, they're linked in, like, like Matt said. And then the, the requester, the person who needs the help, then will see them as well on the map. But until you accept the request, um, no one else sees you on the map, but you will see who the person who needs help. You'll see where they are on the map and how close they are. And also, you can see. Um, actually, after, after you accept, you can see any messages they posted, which might be they, they may post, I need help. And then they immediately type in, you know, I'm at the back of the CVS, you know, near the greeting cards. Who knows? But they can actually give you more, more detailed directions. So beyond just the GPS, so you can find them uh, once you get on scene. It's also worth noting there we've, we've had some users express concern <clears throat> when they register that they don't want to be tracked until they've agreed to help. Mm-hmm. So when one brings up uh, the, uh, a map, there's a map in the application you can bring up. Uh, all the map will say is there are however many, three uh, users uh, who are accessible uh, if you call for help. I don't remember exactly what the message is, but your location as a, a carrier, a would-be first responder, is not shown until you agree to help. So maintaining your privacy there and uh, allowing those that, right. that are in a position to really respond, they can respond. Excellent. That's it. Have you had areas where you've got enough of a concentration to really see this thing fully implemented? You know, in other words, you've got enough responders out there and now in real-life situations, it's come into play. No, that's been our challenge is there's a critical mass you reach where once you, once you get saturation in an area, uh, I think, uh, I think the app really takes off, uh, to this point we've deployed the app and we're just over the past six months, we've just started trying to push for kind of a grassroots, a grassroots outreach. So our little pilot here would seem to be uh, perfectly timed for that to, to really help with that. It is, uh, it is, it's, it's destiny incarnate, I think. What else do we need to know about, uh, about the app and uh, as it exists today, as well as the future for this app? Well, uh, I, I'd say, uh, I want your listeners to know that the app is uh, really available. Uh, it has been self-funded. 
by Altrix Medical. Uh, we don't charge for it. Uh, the point is to save lives. And the second thing I would say is we are eager to augment the app or make changes uh, if they make sense. But if there's something somebody thinks they need that would contribute to better outcomes or potential overdoses, uh, we're very interested in talking to people about making those changes. And, and in, in addition to what Matt said, I would say uh, the, other, the other thing is we're, we're always looking for, you know, for help in getting the word out. Um, you know, this is, you know, this podcast is fantastic for us and, and we're really appreciative of sort of any, any way we can help get the word out because this isn't some, you know, multi-million dollar funded app. This is, this is sort of a grassroots effort and the more people that can help, uh, you know, publicize it and help us, help us get the word out, um, we're, we're very, you know, very grateful. And uh, we really just were trying to get it out there to help people. A little bit earlier when we were talking, before we got into our podcast, you mentioned ODMAP. And ODMAP is a national program uh, where they ask first responders to go ahead and log all of the overdoses in their communities. And the uh, uptake on that across the country has been exceptional. You have a lot of communities that are recording that. And so is there plans to integrate this with like an ODMAP kind of uh, kind of thing so that you have those quantitative stats that are available to everyone? So that's a great question. We have a proposal out to the National Institute of Drug Abuse. Uh, and we have talked to the ODMAP people and uh, the folks at NIH. Pending funding, we would like to uh, collaborate with them and not only overlay data, uh, and I should say, when I say talk about any data from naloxifine, this would be um, uh, anonymous de-identified data. But the idea would be to overlay that data uh, over ODMAP. And in addition, uh, the idea would be to take data uh, from CDC, specifically the CDC Wonder database, which has incredibly valuable information um, about healthcare uh, and uh, outcomes-based uh, uh, healthcare. The idea would be to use that funding to create models and tools where you could do more in-depth analysis uh, and make sure the resources are redirected to the to the right areas. Yeah. Can I can I add a little bit to that so okay. to make it maybe maybe clarify a little bit? Absolutely. One of the things we we'd like to be able to understand, right, is as, you know, ODMAP is tracking where the overdoses are happening. With uh, our app, we can track some of that as well as the, the reported requests. But we can also look at where are the responders um, and how much coverage do we have for a particular area, which might help us understand, uh, is there a need for uh, more first responders in that area? Or is there a need for more car naloxone carriers? And so we can actually kind of look at the disparity between the number, you know, how many overdoses are around versus how many carriers. And we can actually sort of understand uh, what we need in, in a much deeper way. Um, so we're, we're excited about the idea of getting more information and being able to help in, in, in more and more ways like that. So in large part, both, both data from the CDC and the data from ODMAP presumes overdoses 
correlate with opioid usage. And they do to some extent. But what we would like to be able to do is correlate opioid usage with opioid usage. And that is to say, where there is Narcan, there is likely a correlation to opioid usage. And we'd like to be able to direct resources to those hotspots before the overdoses start happening. And so... At some point, what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to take a look at a given population in a geographic area, be it, uh, you know, Cincinnati or wherever, and do some statistics on that, some analysis to come up with, ideally, we need to have the X number of carriers, you know, in this community to have a 99%, you know, save rate. You could extend that even further, whereby you use your tools to validate assumptions about what might cause increases in opioid usage correlated to the increase in Narcan in a particular area. How do people get a hold of this once again? So the quickest way is to go to either the uh, Google Play or the iTunes store and search for Naloxifind, N-A-L-X-O-F-I-N-D. The app will come up and it's, and it's a simple install. You can also go to our website, Altrix Medical, A L T R I X M E D I C A L dot com. And there's a link there to download it as well. Outstanding. Final comments. Well, Greg, I'd just like to thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about naloxone. It's something Dan and I are both passionate about. And we'd also like to thank, thank you for all your work up in Ohio to combat the opioid crisis as well. Well, I, I tell you what, like I said at the outset here, I'm, I'm really excited about your application. Uh, I think this app has a great potential uh, to, to make a big difference. And the unique thing about it is it has an opportunity to kind of to unite communities in a response to this and help with uh, compassion fatigue. We've all heard about that over the course of the last two years. These first responders, there's a lot of pressure on them. They need to get there to save the life, and they need to get there very, very quickly and apply this within six minutes. Otherwise, the victim is uh, potentially going to die. Otherwise, their, their quality of life goes kind of down the tubes. And so that's a lot of pressure. As I see it, with your app, you have the ability to pull together so much additional support from the community for that. And, and I think that that's a great thing. Well, you know, Greg, a life saved is a life saved. And all folks have to do is download an app. Yeah. We've been joined today by Matt Shaker, who is the founder and president of Altrix Medical, and Dan Fleck, who is the chief technical officer. They've built uh, what I think to be just an incredible application, and uh, this app can be downloaded for free and deployed in your communities across the country. Um, I think every time that you train your community on the use and distribute naloxone, you absolutely should be giving this thing out, giving the link out so that you get as many people in your community carrying this as possible. It'll make a big difference. So once again, that app is called Naloxofind, and that's short, or Naloxone Finder. Naloxofind is available as a free download at the Apple iTunes App Store and at Google Play. So the name, once again, is Naloxofind. My name's Greg McNeil. I'm the founder of Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for joining us for this Cover 2 PPT podcast. That's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic.
As a footnote, in May, the University of Cincinnati will roll out a new Community of First Responders program to make naloxone more available in public places, just as defibrillators are today. To learn more about the program, go to cover2.org slash anti-OD. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.